It is my privilege to invite you to today's sermon podcast. I have made the Apostle Paul's prayer request my own. When he states in Ephesians six nineteen, pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, the words may be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. May today's sermon come alive to you and aid you in your understanding of God's plan for your life. Well, good morning, church. Thank you to uh, those of you who are brave getting out on this uh, cold and snowy morning. Um, I know a lot of churches have closed down. Uh, The largest church in our area is going live stream this morning. Uh, Some of our Nazarene sister brother churches are, uh, I don't know if the sisters are brother churches. Are the sisters or brother churches? But whatever they are, our church, the Nazarene churches have uh, closed down. They're doing live stream. And we're doing both. We decided, for those who are brave enough, uh, my, my wife and I got on our Camry this morning. And uh, I, I kind of underestimated how much snow there was outside the garage. Uh, I gave it my best shot backing all the way down our driveway, halfway down, all the way up to the bumpers, back front, dragging snow. Forward, backward, forward, backward. So I looked at Linda and I said, well, honey, let's go. We're walking to church today. So we put our boots on, got out, and started trudging the snow. We got to go up a big hill. And then never made it out of that hill, I'll tell you right now. And uh, wouldn't you know it, God sent a couple angels to pick us up. Uh, Bob Donahue texted me, hey, how you doing? I said, well, I'm stuck in the snow. Funny you called. I was really glad when they picked us up. We were back on the road and walking down the road looking for them. Joanne, Joanna was driving. That was, a, that was a plus right there. So thank the Lord for small favors. Amen. Yeah. Well, welcome. Again, thanks for being with us. Um, and if you're with us with the live stream, thanks for being here. Lord bless you. We wanted everybody to be safe. And uh, some uh, are closer to the plowed roads than others. So safety's the first rule of thumb. Amen. Amen. Hey, pardon me for wearing my beanie. Um, you remember about, oh, over a year ago, I had some surgery. Well, I had another one, and uh, it's a pretty, pretty good size one, and uh, it, uh, it's not real pretty. So it's a lot, I'm a lot prettier with this beanie cap on than I am without it. I was looking for an amen there somewhere, but anyway, it, did, it didn't quite work the way I wanted. But uh, hey, thanks for putting up with me. Um, I'm, I'm kind of reminded this morning about the... the, the uh, the cattle farmers that showed up to church, there were only two of them. Nobody else showed up. The snow was just too deep. And, and uh, they, they looked at the preacher, and the preacher said, well, welcome. Come on in. And they talked about the service. And, uh, well, uh, boys, I'm the only one here. Uh, and uh, what do you guys think? Should we go on, or you want me to, you just want to take the morning off? And the cowboys looked at each other, and, and uh, they put their, uh, put their hands in their pockets, and they said, well, pastor, you know, I guess if... Uh, if we went out to feed the cattle in, in the fields and only a couple of them showed, we'd feed those two cattle. So uh, why don't you just go ahead and feed us? Preacher said, well, come on in. We'll do church. So well, they did church, and he fed, him, he fed him the best as he could. He had a long message. He didn't miss one stroke. I mean, he just gave him everything he had. And after the service, he went back to the back of the church, and he started shaking hands with the two cowboys. And he said, well, what would you boys think about the service this morning? They said, well, pastor, you know, we, we told you if the only two cows showed up, we'd feed those two cows, but I don't think we'd drop the whole load on them. 
So, so we'll see how we do this morning. I got a full sermon, but I may not drop the whole load on you. You know, last week we kind of did a, maybe a, an abbreviated version of a message because we had Liberty Quartet with us last week. Aren't those boys fun? I just love those guys, and they're, they're just a blast. I just love them dearly. Um, but, but this morning I kind of want to double down because I only got to one verse of that passage. And it's the verse 16, remember? Take every opportunity that you can. Do the best you can and make the most of every opportunity, right? Uh, and one of, the, one of the translations goes on to say, because the days are evil. Uh, and, and of course, this is in Ephesians chapter 5. And, but the message, it says, make the most of every chance you get because these are desperate times. Well, whatever your translation is, they're both pretty good, aren't they? These are desperate times. And it's important that we make the most of every opportunity we can in the year of 2024. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to me? Well, I want to take a minute this morning because I didn't get to do this last week. I want to read just a little bit of the context. Can we read a little bit of the context? And so the context that I want to read starts with verse 8, chapter 5 in Ephesians. Uh, And again, this is one of Paul's, uh, what we call the prison epistles. A prison epistle, a prison letter, because he's in prison, right? So let's stand for the reading of God's word. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning with verse 8, and uh, the context is pretty important. It starts out talking about being imitators of God. He talks about light and darkness. He talks about immorality, impurity, the kingdom of God. And then he, he reminds them in verse 8, for you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. I love that phrase, don't you? So live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Boy, what if we lived in a world that only consisted of all goodness and righteousness and truth? And find out what pleases the Lord. Now, isn't that an intriguing thought? Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light, well, it becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. And this is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. So be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Here it comes now. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days, well, these are desperate times. So Lord, here we are. We we have your word, and we want to just be fed some this morning, uh, whether it's the whole loaf or, Lord, just a few slices. Feed us well. And, Lord, may we be sheep that are hungry to learn from you. So hide the messenger now behind the cross. May we see Jesus and Jesus only, for that is why we have come, to hear a word from Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah, our friend. So, Holy Spirit, speak your truth into our lives And we will give you all praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, last week I called called this this verse, uh, this word from the Apostle Paul. I called it a golden nugget. 
I compared the Bible to uh, taking a, a pan of, uh, for, uh, panning for gold and getting that pan and getting your, 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 your tools out and go digging for gold, trying to see if you can find the big nugget. But here, this word of the Apostle Paul, I would call it a golden, a golden nugget. It's a big one. Make the most that you can out of every opportunity you have. Wow. Now, the minute I read that, I think of opportunities lost. Anybody like me? And you want to say, God, forgive me. I'm so glad God is not a God of yesterday. He's a God of today, of tomorrow. And he wants to move us to become better at everything we do. And so I believe in second chances. Amen? Everybody that believes in second chances, say amen. Because we need them. And sometimes it's third and fourth and fifth chances. And God is there with the grace to give us strength to follow his word. So I would call this kind of a, this golden nugget, it's, uh, it, well, it's what I'd call a, a diamond in the rough. Have you ever seen a diamond in the rough? It's a big stone, but it needs some work. Yoo-hoo! And in fact, it's, it's only as good as you use it. You've got to use this diamond well. What are you going to do with the diamond you have? Look, if you just put it in your pocket or you put it in a nice little velvet case and you set it on the dresser, it ain't going to do you no good. But if you get out your polishing rag, you start to shine it up and you develop that thing, that golden nugget. Well, it's a diamond in the rough. It begins to glisten and it comes out and it, it makes a difference. So how will you personally, how will I personally engage with this, this word of the Apostle Paul? The reality is no one can do this for you. You and I have got to do it ourselves. We've got to take the word and we've got to apply it for ourselves. You must determine for yourself how you will apply this word in your life. Look, this is the power of God's word. Just in the few moments I had last week to speak, one man came up to me after the service in tears. Actually, he was weeping. He threw his arms around me. And he said, oh, pastor, pastor. I want to commit to you this year. I will make the most of every opportunity in my life. (laughs) Now, let me tell you what that is. Let me tell you what that is. That's not a preacher's power. That's not the impact of a preacher's ability to communicate. That's the power of God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit that speaks into our lives. And all we got to do is open ourselves up to it and kaboom, just like that. God's spirit will impact us and he will make a difference in our lives. And we will become a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. We will use the word of God, but we got to do it for ourselves. Your mom can't do this for you. Your dad can't. Your parents' faith, your grandparents' faith. You got to take this and put it on yourself. I'll tell you something about the Bible. The Bible has a very uncanny way of throwing out these golden nuggets. There are zillions of them. These little gems, diamonds in the rough. And they will impact the way we live. They will change our lives if we'll just put them on. If we'll just take a hold of them. If we'll just apply them. They'll change the way we think. They'll change the way we act. They'll change our behaviors, these little diamonds. And here's one, I believe. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, what you are. It applies to all of us equally. 
It doesn't matter if you're a child. It doesn't matter if you're old, if you're young, if you're educated, if you're good looking. Uh, Speaking of good looking. But anyway, just saying. It doesn't matter who you are. This golden nugget is yours if you'll simply take it. So, will you make the most of every opportunity? I mean, I think of the nuggets in the Word of God that are out there. There's, there's truth galore. There, there's wisdom. There's spiritual counsel. There's faith. There's hope. There's all kinds of encouragement. There are nuggets in God's Word that never ends. You can read the same passage a hundred times and think it's all the same, but you read it a hundred and one, and all of a sudden it does something different in your life. What do you think that is? It's not your intelligence. It's the word of God who's been waiting for you to get ready to receive the nugget. So pick up the nugget and make the most of every opportunity. And again, it doesn't matter how old you are. You know, this last week, I I was kind of going through the scripture. I came across where Pharaoh, I think it's Genesis 47, Pharaoh, he asks Moses, how old are you? Now, I have to to laugh because... You know, as a pastor, I remember back when I took my first church, and, and people in my church, there were some old guys, and we'd go have breakfast, and they'd start asking, they'd ask each other how old they were, and they'd ask me, well, I'm just a young buck, I'm green behind the ears, I don't know a whole lot, and one guy said, I'm 75, ha, you're a spring chicken, I'm 89, <laughs> they'd all talk about age as though it's some kind of banner to wear, and maybe it is, I don't know, but here's, here's Moses, he tells Pharaoh in, Genesis, in the book of Genesis, he says, well, my pilgrimage has been 130 years. So now he's 130 years old. But then he goes on to say, evil has been the days of the years of all my life. But I'm 130 and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. In fact, at one time, Moses he, he asked God to teach him. Lord, he said, teach me, teach me the days of my life that I might apply the wisdom. My, I might apply your heart to wisdom. I want to know, God, everything you got from me. That's, that's, Paul's, that's Paul's make the most of every opportunity when Moses is 130. So it doesn't matter how old you are. Now, I'm sure you can't tell by looking. Uh, but uh, I'm a grandpa. I am not quite 130 years old, so mark that down. I, I got three kids, 10 grandkids, Linda and I. When we all get together, there's about 20 hoodlums running through the house. Do you love your kids enough that you just love it every time they come around, but you're glad when they leave? I mean, so, wait a minute. We're not, we're not uh, uh, recording this, are we? Could you guys strike that last phrase there anyway? My kids might, uh, they might be watching. I think both our churches have been canceled this morning. So they're doing something on live stream. I'll guarantee you that. But, but here's, here's this, this nugget that's caught my attention in the new year. So because it's caught my attention, you have to suffer through my preaching as I think through it. That's, that's the way this happens. I tell you what God talks to me about. That's pretty, pretty much what preaching is. If he, hasn't, if he hasn't said something to me about it, I doubt if I'm going to talk to you about it. Because otherwise, I'd be going like this. You bad people, shape up. <laughs> but this way, I'm just going, okay, God, this is what you're doing in my life. Maybe, some, maybe it applies to somebody else. 
And for some reason, this little nugget has caught my attention. And I've had to ask myself, when I look at this verse, less more, how are you going to make the most of every opportunity? What's that look like in your life? Are you just going to read my word and, and not apply it, Pastor Les? Sometimes he calls me doctor when nobody's listening, you know, just to impress me. Yeah. What are you going to do with my word? And I have to ask myself the question, am I going to, do I care enough that I want to make a difference in my world? In my neighborhood? Do, what kind of legacy do I want to leave for my, my kids? My, my, my grandchildren? What kind of impact do I want to have on other people? How many more churches am I going to be in an interim pastorate? <laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you what. It kind of excites me. It kind of excites me that God's not through with me yet. I retired some years ago, but not really, apparently. And I love, I love people. I love the people of God. I love the church. I've given my life to it. Why would I quit just because I was retired? And to be very honest with you, I thought I was through when I retired. I really did. I can't even go into that story. It's too personal, and it kind of hurts. But I thought I was done, and I wouldn't even have a relationship with the Church of the Nazarene. But here I am on my fourth interim, and I love every minute of it. And you know, when God calls a man or a woman to preach, he puts something right here that you, you can't get away from it. It's not a vocation. It's not a job. You don't get paid for it. You do it because it's a calling. That's the kind of pastor you want. You don't want a pastor who just wants a job. You want a pastor who has such a passion about the word of God and the people of God that he's telling you how he walks and how he lives and what God's doing in his own life. And you're sharing life together. Amen. Because we pastors, I'll tell you something about we pastors. We ain't no different than you are. We put our pants on just like you do. We go through the same struggles. And sometimes it makes us stronger to realize, hey, the guy that sits up here ain't any better than you are. I've used ain't several times this morning. Have you noticed that? I think that's pretty cool. It's not even in my notes here. I just throw it. It just comes out of me. Ain't. Ain't you got no fetching up? Come on. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. So, so I'm just telling you how this, this word has literally impacted me. And I think I'd, I'd, I'd alluded to a time this last year when I really blew it. I just totally blew it. I had an opportunity to pray over someone in my home that I didn't. And I've been convicted about it every, every time I think about it. And I say, God, would you give me another opportunity to make the most of it again with this person? Because I want to impact them for Christ. Are you with me, church? I'm so grateful God forgives us, but I'm so ashamed of what I didn't do when I knew better, and I just let it go. Well, I guarantee you I'm not going to let that happen again because God has convicted me in his word, and I've been asking myself, how can I impact my world, my neighborhood, my neighbors, those that are around me? How can I make the most of every opportunity? And I ask you that question this morning. Maybe, um, maybe you're asking yourself that question as a, as a parent, or as a child, a son or a daughter, maybe as a grandparent, maybe as a, a school teacher. That's a tough job today. Try being a school teacher. How about a police officer? Man, there's some pretty tough jobs out there. Maybe, maybe you're a sibling or a student or, or a team member or a church board leader, and you want to ask the question, God, how can... How can I make the most of every opportunity you give me to make a difference in my world for the gospel?
And I'll remind you what Jesus, how Jesus applied this principle. Jesus said, I have found this. I must work the works of him who sent me. And I must do it during the day because the night comes when no one can work. In other words, there's a sense of urgency. Get about this. Grab a hold of it. Now, I'm going to do something real quick. I'm going to read this passage, part of it, in the message. And then I'm going to ask two or three people to come up and share with us as we close out this morning. So um, here's, here's the message. It says, don't let yourselves get taken by, in by religious smooth talk. God gets furious with people who are full of religious sales talk, but want nothing to do with him. Wow. Don't even hang around people like that. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The light, bright light of Christ makes your way plain. No more stumbling around. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true. These are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ. Then just do it. Where do you think Nike got that phrase? They got it right from the word of God. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one else will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So now, watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Wow. Don't you just love the word of God? (laughs) I don't know how many times I've heard someone just simply read the word of God in a devotional or whatever, and my whole whole inner being, every fiber just kind of melts under the beauty of the spoken word of God. Now, here's how I want to wrap up this morning. Uh, you know, change is a part of life. And, and, and I'm just, at, at times I look around at people and I go, I wonder how they're going to utilize the word of God. How are you going to use it? Uh, I've learned to love a lot of you really close. And, and I, I think a lot of you, and, and, and I, I bet you without even permission I could say this to you. I look at over Michael over here and I say, Michael, you're my brother. I love you, brother. I wonder how you're going to apply this word. Um, Michael lost his wife a few months, a few years ago, and he's building this house right down the road. And if you don't know him, you ought to get to know him. Rudy, I, I wonder, I'm looking at you, Rudy. I have a lot of faith in you, my brother. By the way, I like the beard this, this year. This is pretty good. He's, he's sporting a beard. Rudy, I wonder how you'll reply this word. Yeah. Marilyn Anderson. You were in my welcome class with your handsome hubby. And I love you guys. You're such a great couple. You serve so well. But I wonder, Marilyn, what God would be saying to you in your heart. I'd love to hear it, how God's speaking to you, how you're going to use the word. Because it would encourage me. It really would. Wow. So, uh, Colby, how about you, buddy? You're young back there. I only wish I had as much hair as you do. And here you are, man, styling. And I love everything I know about you, brother. I wonder, I wonder my brother, how, how you're going to use God's word. Man, Pat, man, I love the way you dress. You're cowboy through and through. You bless my heart even though you don't know it. 
And, and I wonder, my brother, how you will use God's word today. Wow. It would bless me if I knew. Now, I'm not just preaching. I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm not placating here. I'm, I'm being brutally honest. And uh, I'd never call anybody out in the service if I thought it'd embarrass them. But I know that's not the case here. We're family. We love each other. And we know how to, we want to encourage each other. Wow. Um, so here's what I want to do. We have a couple staff guys I want you to hear from before we go. We got a brand new youth pastor, Ethan Osborne. Ethan, I wonder how you're going to use the word of God this morning. I'm thinking, you know, uh, you only got a little bit of time every week with the kids. And I know you got a passion for the word of God. I just, I just want to know, as we've been looking at God's word today, so in just a moment, I'll have you come up and I'll have you share with the people. Uh, Pastor Jason, you too, man. I've learned to love you like a brother. And uh, you and your beautiful bride. You guys are quite a team. I wonder, I wonder uh, how you would use this word because I've already, I've already hinted how I might use it, but maybe the church needs to hear from the three of us. What do you say? Why don't you guys come on up? Come on. In fact, I got, I got one more bench over here ready to go. And, uh, and we'll just sit here and we'll chat, okay? So, uh, Ethan, you're the, you're the new guy on the block. And uh, I love you, man. You know that. Take that thing. Here, I'll just sit right here between you. Man, you ever talk about a flower between two thorns, huh? That's a... <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, man, welcome to the team. So glad you're here. Um, tell us, what, as we talked about God's word this morning, what would you say? So for me, um, living out the word, uh, taking every opportunity that I have to be able to share with others really takes place in the relationships that I develop with other people. Um, ultimately, and I've been convicted of this since I was a young teen, um, so shortly after you left, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, ever since I was a young teen, um, I remember hearing a, a sermon um, uh, that Pastor Bob preached to me, um, not our Bob, my Bob, yeah. so... Uh, and uh, really what it was about, it was about uh, Acts chapter, you know, one of the early ones. Uh, I think it was Acts chapter 9, you know, okay. Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Is that oh, chapter I'm, 9? I'm with I you. think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's false conversion. But keep going, keep yeah, going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so not the chapter 9, like I said. Uh, and so, uh, but what the, ultimately what that story was about was um, sharing your story and the power that that has in leading people to accepting Christ and knowing who Christ is. And I felt major conviction by that mm-hmm. as a young teen. I was like, you know what? That's what I want my life to be. I want to be able to live a life that when people ask me, well, why are you this way? Or what is this story of the Bible? I can just share it as, here, let me tell you about my buddy Jesus. Um, and you can share that story. And every time that I've shared it, it's always open paths and opportunities for people to then discover that journey on their own. And that's how I use that, yeah. is through my life, I try and live an example that people ask questions. And when I can give them just the baseline answer of, well, I can live this way because of how Christ has empowered me, um, then it gives them a little bit of questioning, like, well, how can I do that? What if I yeah. want that? And then just encourage them as they go on that uh, on that path. and. That encouragement's where I've yeah. been actually really, 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 really found where I'm quite happy um, is encouraging people as they may, as they walk in that journey. Um, 
definitely encouraging people to start that journey. But once they're there too, just being like, look, I love how you're making these steps. I see where God's working in your life. This is awesome. Keep doing it. You're doing great. Keep going. Keep going. Keep pushing. And then seeing people grow more and more and more, it's just like one Amen. of the one Amen. of the best things I can yeah. I can ever ask for. So thanks, brother. You know, and I think if if you went to the commentaries on this verse sixteen, I imagine what you would find in commentaries is what you just said. Um, it, there's an evangelistic thrust to the idea of taking every take an opportunity of every occasion you have to share who Jesus is. There's an evangelistic thrust to this. And you just epitomize that in what you said. So let, let's, go, let's go over here, Pastor Jason. And Oh, you got one, man. You, okay. So uh, how would you apply this and, uh, and help us understand what it looks like to you? So for me in my life, um, I've always needed a plan. Um, it didn't matter what we were doing um, or where we were going to go. It's... How, what are we going to do to get wherever we need to go? I need a plan. I need a roadmap. I need instructions to uh, to see me through. And uh, I'm reminded of uh, God's words to um, to His people in exile in Babylon in Jeremiah um, in 29. He says, "I I know the plans that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future." So, for me, um, taking advantage of every opportunity has has really been reflecting on what is God's plan for me and what do I need to do to accomplish that plan. And I think he has um, helped me uh, in that, in my ministry life here at Mountain View. He has, uh, he helped me in, in 2000, uh, 2007 when I, when I signed up to be, a, where I agreed to be an intern in the youth department and to, uh, to ne- connect with uh, kids who, quite frankly, weren't very much old, younger than I was at the time. Um, and he continued through uh, that time to, to lead me in a plan of being a youth pastor. And um, I have always, I've always felt the, the, the necessity to be open to God's call, whatever, whatever my personal plan or whatever my uh, perspective might be. And, and in a time and a season... When we were without a children's pastor, I, I agreed to the plan uh, to be both youth and children's pastor for a time. And um, as the church was, was looking and searching uh, for what we thought would be the next children's pastor, we were struggling to find anybody that, that wanted to be in that role. And I, I came to a place of, of accepting God's plan, and I told Pastor Chuck, um, hire the best candidate for the church. It doesn't matter what department they work in. Uh, hire the best candidate for the church, and I will work in the other department. And and that is exactly what happened. We hired a youth pastor, and I I took on the children's department. Uh, which, had you asked me that in 2006 or 2007, that I'd be the children's pastor at this church, I would have laughed in your face because <laughs> didn't particularly like kids. Um, the times that I volunteered in the children's department, I was voluntold to. And it was not enjoyable. We always, Andrew and I always got the naughty kids whenever, because we were usually the only adults volunteering at the time. So all the problem kids ended up being in our group, right? Like, there was no way I was going to work in kids' ministry. But I, I, I followed God's call and his plan. And I think he has blessed our family. And I would have never guessed 
uh, that he would have called me into an administrative role at this church. But I do believe uh, that his plan was for me to be in this role at this time, in this season of pastoral transition. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've always felt convicted uh, to follow the plan of God for my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that plan has been um, taking care of my family. Um, and I have um, recently in my, in my personal life, in my family, my, my parents have faced some challenges. And um, I believe part of my plan uh, for following Christ and doing what I can to serve him is by um, honoring my family and honoring my parents and um, taking time to, to focus on helping them in their time of need as well. Um, And with that in mind, um, that is why this last week at board meeting, I tendered my resignation from the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, My last Sunday will be the 17th of March. Um, But I feel, I feel more than anything, the peace that I'm continuing to do what God has called me to do, that I'm continuing to follow the plan that God has for my life. Mm -hmm. And I need to follow that plan, that plan that will prosper me and not harm me that plan that will give me a hope mm-hmm. and a future Amen. and that's yeah. what i think taking the most of every opportunity looks like in my life yeah thanks brother well uh you know none of us welcome this news but because uh, we love you and your family you know i hadn't been here very many months and Pastor Jason told me, my, my dad's having difficulty. I don't know how long I feel like things are changing. And he's wanted to, he's wanted to serve us well, as long as he could. Um, and uh, we understand things change. And um, so we will be walking with you in this season of your life. I think I just heard you speak as a father, as a sibling, as a son, as a pastor, You've applied this principle, making the most of every opportunity in many different ways in your life and following the plan of God. In fact, part of what I had thought about doing was talking about the will of God in our lives in relation to this, this verse because that's part and parcel of what you just brought in. Well, we love you, man. Um, so m- March, March 17th. 17th. Okay. And if you're with us on live stream, I know you'll be praying for Pastor Jason and Andrea and his family. Um, hey, scoot over here, buddy, and you guys give me your hands, and I want to close the service this, this morning um, by thanking God for both of you. Um, I made a statement when I left Eugene. I've made it to your church board here. It's a little crass, but it, it makes sense to me. Uh, when a man of God either leaves or dies, you need to understand nothing of God leaves or dies. The Lord is faithful. He uses men and women to his glory. But it's not about us. It's about him. It's about his kingdom. And therefore, we take great hope when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. That's a beautiful promise the Lord gives us. So let's, uh, let's just thank God today for his hand on our lives. And let's commit to him that we're going to apply this scripture. Lord, thank you today. Thank you that um, you are bigger than any of us and all of us put together. And your dreams and your plans in our lives, Lord, well, they are divine plans. And you know what they are. And you intend to bless us. 
Your word, Lord, that we read this morning, making the most of every opportunity, Lord, it's as good for the church as it is for the individual. And so we receive this, Lord, as, as your word for us, as people, individually, men and women, uh, and as, as the church, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And we ask that you would help each one of us to apply it in our lives the way you wish us to. And we would do it, Lord, while it's day, because the time comes, the night comes when no man worketh. So may we be wise in the way we use our time, all to your glory. And Lord, as we uh, close this service, I pray your richest blessing upon Pastor Jason and Andrea and the family in this transition. I pray your richest blessing upon the church. And Lord, I also pray your richest blessing upon our brother Ethan and for his ministry to our youth, our young people, and upon his fiance Hannah. Lord, may we be a blessing to them as they bless our kids. And we pray, Lord, that each one of us, as we leave this place today, we would literally see how you are using us as we take advantage of every opportunity you give. And in Jesus' name, we then give you all praise and glory and honor. Amen and amen. I want to thank you for joining today's sermon podcast. You can find a copy of today's sermon as well as other sermons and the sermon outline from today on our church's website, www.mvcnaz.org. It is my prayer also that you will seek out a church home that recognizes the authority of the Bible.